hello folks uh, welcome welcome to this new episode of gtm dialogues uh, you know gtm dialogues is an excellent in- initiative it's a community coming together uh, of gtm professionals b2b saas founders corporates and even channel partners and uh, what better avenue than to pick up insights based on experience of people who have been through it uh, through their first hand experience and peer to peer learning uh, very nicely organized by ideas to impact ideas to impacts uh, as you all know is a leading incubator from pune uh, with uh, a vision of taking companies uh, to scale and uh, to scale them globally now uh, today we have uh, with us uh, abhishek abhishek bellab who is the founder and uh, chief products officer of extraedge uh, i mean we can call him chief products officer or whatever my theory is that any founder is actually a chief bottle washer for the company so welcome abhishek uh, to this podcast uh, maybe it will be good for us to have some introduction on your part you know your background yeah. details of extraedge and uh, then we can Yeah. So first of all, Sandeep, uh, excited to be here with the uh, GTM dialogues, and uh, you know, as you rightly said, uh, sense of community is very critical for any uh, any any you know any organization, and especially the B two B SaaS is a burgeoning space in the Indian ecosystem. So the community always accelerates it. So thank you for this opportunity for having me here. So I don't. Uh, uh, so a bit of background from me. So come from a very middle class small town. called ranchi in jharkhand uh, born to a is officer mother so uh, you know civil servants uh, and bureaucrats is where my upbringing has been so you can imagine that it has been very disciplined upbringing that way and uh, you know uh, studied computer science and it from uh, bharti vidyapeet uh, university uh, graduated uh, went on to work for hsbc primarily as a quant or data architect and then had a stint with a saas company called mindical which is now big success story as a product guy there so that has been a core background so engineer uh, by profession and skill and uh, have been building extra edge with my co-founder sushil for the past now 4 years and uh, basically we help uh, education industry uh, predict manage and increase their sales that's their admissions is what we do and uh, so that's so i'm a kind of a builder uh, product guy uh, sandeep all my life uh you know fortunately or unfortunately i was the first sales guy for the first 2 years at the company so i had to wear that hat which i really thoroughly enjoyed uh, but uh, you know uh, so my background is a product primarily a product guy and uh, for the first 2 years i headed the gdm which which will be probably i'll be excited to share but now in my current avatar i lead product engineering and also the marketing of product marketing in the company this is very interesting because uh, you know abhishek we've all seen what happens is that when somebody from technology enters into the scene of business right i mean initially when you're techy turn founder your idea is that okay you know i have found a problem and once i have found a problem if i can build a solution that's the end of it right i have a successful company to go with and then this whole realization of uh, go to market or the ability to sell and things like that you know starts coming upon you so yeah. i'm sure it must have been a great learning experience for you also uh, tell us something about that uh, mind shift from being yeah. a techy founder to being a seller right right so i think i'm very glad you asked this question i think the problem is with the mentality so the techies have self educated them so many times that i am a techie i cannot sell which i think 
is the first mentality problem that people have i think you need to convince your own psychology that uh, you are the first evangelist of your product and you know when people believe you and what happens is that when you from 0 to first 10 customers or 15 20 customers then they basically not only buy uh, your product actually they don't buy your product they buy you they buy you and they buy the understanding of the problem that you articulate to them so uh, i remember that first few customers that extra edge had we did not even build the product so my first three checks that we got was without a product on a powerpoint presentation and slide deck and 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 you know so i think uh, the shift a is that you need to uh, you know you need to believe that you are the chief evangelist officer of the company which transformed into a sales person and having a sales and you know that's one second is that you need to educate yourself into skills of articulation and presentation which i find that people often mislead which also in long term would help you in raising money because raising money is also like sales so i believe that that's that's the second thing and third more important thing you should not try to present what your product does but what your customer problems are so becoming a champion of your customer problems i think is the is flipping down the funnel if you may want to like to call it right so looking at outside in rather than inside out is is a very important so these three things i think first shifting of the mindset second is that you know becoming the chief evangelist and you know focusing on the customer development process and third is that thinking from a customer point of view or outside in rather than inside out or a problem solution space i think these are the three core uh, tenets that we learned the you know probably hard way but i i think very very critical for those initial first 10 20 customers that you excellent and and for the benefit of all the technical folks who are listening there and you know are kind of even a little hesitant of getting into selling i have to tell you that you know the person on the other side would be much more inspired with a technical person selling the product than you know somebody who is a pure sales person right i mean they want to get the confidence of the technicalities behind the product so you know if you can even if you can do 80% as good a job as your best sales person but if you have a technology background of your product i think you'll be much more effective than that person so sadhi so, i'll give you small, i'll give you a small hack right don't call it sales call it consulting so i used to call it consulting because in a product b2b saas space right you are evangelizing the problem you're not selling it selling is an outcome right because if you understand so basically you are consulting about the customer's problem which leads to a positive outcome of sales or it leads to a positive relationship which may lead to a sales maybe tomorrow not today so that's that's probably how i would want to you know convey to all the guys who are listening to this that think of it like consulting if sales is probably does not seems very easy for you think of it like consulting <laughs> excellent excellent let's go to this uh, this whole domain which are dealing with right i mean higher education and uh, any sort of uh, skills uh, adoption uh again very unique uh, very evolving so give us some thoughts on you know what did you see as an opportunity here and you know how it evolved and you know what do you see as an opportunity at this point of time you know i mean this whole ecosystem a lot of people might be interested in learning about what is going on in this ecosystem yeah sure so you know uh, thank you adi that's a, that's a really good question so i'll give you a bit of background so when we started uh, you know we were like any uh, education uh, tech guy he will try to solve the life of a student so we started that you know there's a student life cycle we'll solve the whole life cycle right of attendance learning management solution and things like that so we were going in the direction of building an erp 
but you know that erp historically is more of a commodity product and with a long gestation period and cycle to it so the, the the funny story is that i traveled to really see on my trello board around 122 different institutes across maharashtra on buses so i used to go to akola ahmednagar parbani dhule nashik nagpur and and go and meet the it officers procurement guys or head of departments of it and sell them uh, in the first four to five months and you know a student lifestyle solution and the problem was that they never used to give me appointments and so the, the first problem that i faced as a sales person is that nobody used to meet me and i did not have any relevance in their life and nobody used to meet me and that was the first failure and then me and sushil started to ask the question i clearly remember in the first four months i started my company out of my uh, one bhk in, in near e square in, in, in kothrod in pune uh, and then i used to come back and used to wonder that why people don't meet me i mean i i used to be a hot shot guy at 90 but people don't meet me and then we asked the question that who did finally meet them these guys were meeting somebody and we found that either they were in a placement fair or they were in a admission event and that was a very seminal moment for our sandeep like it gives me goosebumps when i'm speaking about it we realized that these people care about placing students and getting students and that one and one is linked to each other because placement is a fulfillment for them and admission is a inception for them and, and and then we started to look at a product of solving one of these problems and i think that was a very seminal moment and we would have not been able to figure out sandeep it would have not gone and met those 120 30 people and did those customer interviews for one lack of it once we got that then we looked at the admission area which is basically a sales area and sushil comes from a crm background i come from a bi intelligence background hooked up the product started to pitch that and and you won't believe we got three checks in next 45 50 days because people were so much troubled with their existing erp which did not work like a good crm they did not have a crm they were unfolding excel sheets and google sheets and they were troubled by it and you know that any kind of sales product needs cadence around timing measuring you know uh, communication which they were with there was a lack of it and that's where our first you know kind of intervention or customer discovery happened we pivoted from being a student life cycle product to a sales admission product and you know and uh, And, and I could say that now that the rest is history. So we started from there, and we quickly grew from there, very quickly. So that was a that was a very interesting pivot. But I'm sure your product also must have evolved to various other offerings from there on. And so what what were the learnings in that process? How did you choose to right right call the product to exactly match? I mean, people yeah. call it product market fit and so on. So how is that journey been? Right. So you know, it, it's interesting you ask. I think people feel. people lose patience very easily as a deep eye so when i started my company i was 27 right and i was myself a very impatient guy because of my age and everything but what i slowly found is and what probably you know paul graham also says that you know it's good to have few people love you than lot of people kind of like you so the first 15 to 20 customers that i had i clearly remember we used to go sit with them during the admission cycle i used to remember that i used to go to loni mit was a customer sit with them for an entire day see how they're using the product so the first few customers are very very critical you need to co create with them you need to sit with them to see how they're using the product customer interviews are like very very critical so the initial part was more of a very plain vanilla crm also be very honest right and we saw that how people are using that and there are a lot of insight the first insight we got that in sales people don't have time and admission in education is a hyper competitive market 
right so for them you know they need to take decisions very quickly and that was a genesis of having a product as single page application till today our product has gone through fourth this is a v4.0 and still we have a single page app so we had a you know kind of liberty of going to multiple pages like maybe any any other crm has but we built a single page because our customer or our user persona demanded so i think the first 15 20 users sit with them co create with them take feedback on the face value take positive and critical feedback go back and build the product so i think me and sushil and my initial guys spent a lot of times with our customer you know we used to sit with them we used to work there with them at least the first few customers so the product started to build on top of it so now to answer your second question how it evolved first we build a system of records so how do we manage a very mission critical admission or sales or marketing part of them at the bottom right so we built the sales part first then they they requested for hey abhishek i can manage the funnel but how do i communicate with them on a ongoing basis so we built the marketing part to it and then we built the analytics on top of it and now today in our current avatar we are building a system of truth the intelligence or ai and machine learning and that part to it so you know system of records system of engagement system of truth on top of it so it it gradually progressed and also i tell you sami we were compelled at times to build what our competitors were building but i'm very glad we did not build that because then we would have feature overload we did not have those resources so we build very clinically with our customer slowly 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 because as we were building we were also increasing and figuring out our pricing model very slowly so you know we did that unbundling and bundling i would say on a scale of 1 to 10 we did 6 6.57 but we would have done poorly if we followed what they were asking or what customers or other competitors were doing in the hindsight excellent uh, digging a little more into the go to market aspects right i mean you know education or especially higher education in india is still uh, you know controlled by a lot of uh, call it uh, big industry houses or politicians or uh, you know many times various trusts and things like that so there is a peculiarity about it right yeah. i have also heard that a lot of these owners of these large institutes kind of tend to believe that they know it all right and at times they are very very secretive about uh, the information in their systems and things like that so you know can you talk a little bit about those complexities and you know what kind of fine tunings you had to do about your go to market approach in order to handle so you know uh, so mark andreessen the great mark andreessen has a quote that some industries are fast moving some industries are slow moving and he talks about education and healthcare health or hospitals are a bit slow moving industry in terms of technological pervasiveness but a lot of changing now so if you look at education industry right what were the successful companies built so companies were built around coaching and test prep they were built around hardware educom was the first public company which went on the public on the on, on on the stock exchange so these people were used to buying hardware or long wine long sales cycle erp and commodity and to be very honest lot of times they did not get the right support it did not get implemented properly so it's not only them it's also the technology partners who failed them many times and that's why there was a kind of a uh, kind of i would say that a detrimental view towards technology for the educators it's not only because they they don't care about technology technology did not live up to their promise so need to be very honest in the early days right and they took money long decision period cycle it did not get implemented and blame was on both sides that you don't have the right uh, you know measure of what success look like they said that you don't have the right means to implement it in our system and things like that so that's where this comes from it's very important for you to understand 
the history of that you know that non adherence towards technology you know it's more psychological than anything right when we come in what we saw is that that uh, who who is your value to it and what they care about so we we sometimes feel that we are not an edtech company we are a marketing company operating in education right if, if you know what i mean right so what happens is that that i'm not talking to an it guy or a procurement guy or a chairman of the institute i'm talking to the marketing and sales function of the institute right and a lot of times i see lot of edtech entrepreneurs they are trying to sell something from a student side where the enterprise does not see value they are not clear who's going to pay for them or what's in it for the enterprise which is where i think the story fails most of the times so for us it was very very clear that we are selling to a function which will impact the bottom line and, and top line of the organization then the conversation immediately changes and so in that case then they, these people do not refrain to talk to us and give us appointment and care about us because we impact their admissions at the end of the day so again vitamin versus antibiotic analogy that you really need to understand that are you solving a vitamins or it's a, is it productivity play or is it a revenue play so my 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 former mentor mohit garg from mindigal used to say that you know you need to if you are helping your customer acquire their customer right you have a winner you just need to figure out the go to market right so in our case we clearly identified that we are helping our customer acquire their customer so for us it became an easy conversation to break the ice coming back to the go to market you know a lot of times founders sadeep and i have seen and uh, i'm glad that i had a good education in mindical they are guilty of relying on marketing marketing does not work you know jessica livingston paul comes wife says that that for the first one year two year focus on sales don't focus on marketing right because people don't know you you need to go and talk do those customer interviews uh till i think near about i would say couple of crores in terms of arr we had no marketing zero marketing i mean bit of blogs here and there everything was on sales we had people going on talking to a customer closing those deals and things like that from 2 to 4 crores i mean the, the next journey of this probably around 55 to 60% is marketing so you know that's that's the evolution that we saw that and and what also happens is that that it gives you a uh, time to build the product by talking to the customer understand the needs in the first couple of years because you go through a lot of pivots yourself it gives you a trust for 20 30 customers who really love you they become your evangelist the word of mouth starts to kick in and then you yourself have an understanding of what's your value proposition is what your positioning is in the market so now we we took a positioning after two years and that we are more customer intimate and we are more operational operationally we bow them we did not take a position of being a leader or probably comprehensive all in one we did not take that position which really helped us now compete to the customer with the competitor so first two years more i think we were three or four uh, i would say account executives or field sales and including both the founders were selling by the way both the founders were in, in, intensively selling and building the product both and after i think one and a half two years we hired a first marketer and then we hired a first inside sales and then we built that team from there so more cold calling email picking up the phone calling them fixing an appointment going to them so more outbound as a function in the first two years people shy it's hard it's difficult uh, people at times feel like a bit i would say apprehensive to pick up the phone and talk to an unknown guy i think those conversations really really are very very valuable at the early stage excellent uh, uh, you know it's so interesting to learn about the gtm aspects of a product which itself is providing a gtm avenue to businesses right so yeah. that is excellent uh, 
typically a good force multiplier for any gtm uh, approach has been channels right how has they how have they had a play in your gtm approach you know how much have channels been effective not effective what is your recipe in terms of when should people rely on channels and when should they not and things yeah. like that sure so you know i'm glad that you asked it at the i think at the early stage i will always ask the founder who's selling for that to refrain from channels because the channels becomes an excuse for him not selling and going to the channel so there's a there's a there's a saying that if you are not able to sell your own product how will your channel sell your product so i think first first few customers maybe 15 20 customers or whatever the number is that gives you a clear clarity about your sales process what works for you so what we call as you have a problem solution fit you know very very clearly in the three so problem solution fit product market fit and scale so you have a very clear problem solution fit i would advise any founder to not go towards channel if they are not very sure about problem solution fit and problem solution fit is that uh, a very good clinical empirical measure of that that your meetings are happening at a good ratio so your contact of meetings are in a good upward trend so from a contact to meeting you are seeing very progress so you are getting more meetings if you call it then probably there is a clear validation of the problem in the first place what you are stand for after a few years when uh, maybe you have figured out the problem solution fit uh, there is a clear sales process built in then you need to look at complementers and here i have two key learnings so we have failed miserably in terms of identifying channels at the early so we were looking at people uh, like very intuitively that people who are selling erps and people who are selling crms are good partners uh, we failed there and i tell you why we failed there because then you when you go with a channel who evangelizes you you also seen from the brand and the lens of the partner of the channel right so we were seeing that oh so these guys are also like erp guys in that case right so we pivoted that and we then we looked at that who are our real complementers you know it's like a business model canvas who are your real partners and complementers so we found that digital marketing agencies who were doing a kind of you know demand gen for them generating leads for them they were our real complementers of, of our company so and now you know identifying those referrals and resellers of digital marketing so i'm very interesting we happy to share that around 15% 12 to 15% of our revenue came from referrals last time and uh, you know that was very interesting because we never thought about it. it it happened organically but identifying who are our true complementers so in our case as we are a crm so a digital marketing agency a lead generation agency a people who help them for outbound calling are good complementers or are good partners who can take us with in the market towards another good example is ivr uh, ivr cloud telephony is a very integral element of outbound sales which is complemented to us so it's very critical for the founder or the sales team or the demand team to and a growth team to understand that who are your real complementers at what stage and you should also understand how you will be viewed by the customer or the buyer when you go with them so excellent uh so you know i mean your company is doing pretty good in terms of adoption in the domestic market uh, one of the key orbit change events for any company's products is going to be when it goes global and i think uh, it cannot happen without evolution of your go to market approach so what plans do you have for that i mean what what do you think would be the key change which you will have to adopt to what kind of uh, different measures you will have to use towards a good go to market approach for your product when you go global again so you know i read somebody said that when you go global 
you open geography you have to rebuild your company again you know because it's not only your sales function it's your customer success function uh, it's adopting to the culture that style that positioning the tech everything will change so you know it's a dream of every founder to take company global have global markets open to it uh, i have a quick uh, quick three thoughts there right first thought is that definitely education is a you know global travel destination and commodity so for us markets like australia new zealand us uk france germany they become very critical for us but uh, i think uh, the important bit here is that to choose your first go to market and win in that market so we already between me and sushi we always had the hypothesis that we need to first win in one market because winning in that one market is very critical because it it means that your product your go to market your messaging your positioning uh, your customer success is winning in that one market and and that clarity is very very important very very critical second is that i think a lot of times what i see founders and i was i was speaking to somebody who used to head sales at capillary and also in couple of other companies and i said that that uh, we went to us but we failed in us but we championed in middle east we championed in southeast asian market so going global is always often seen as going to us which might not be the case us is definitely the biggest market even for us looking at the market which is similar to the market that you have won is very very important because you cannot change your company fundamentally 360 degree in one go or you do that so you shut your any market and you go to one market and you put all your efforts in that market that's also an approach so for us uh, we are looking at a market where it's similar to india and what i mean by that you have a young population between 18 to 25 26 who are ready to get acquired by the education fraternity and the community in that country so a good examples could be a market like malaysia or indonesia or who probably would want to go to australia and new zealand so australia and new zealand becomes a very interesting market for us in that case because it's also an immigration play more than a education destination people go to settle there and have a job there and have a life there so there is a more intent of buying there in that case so southeast asian australia new zealand market will become a good early starting point for us allowing us to change the product change the go to market strategy and then go after a bigger market like a us or maybe a uk in that case but i i would i would always say that uh, one person or founder should completely dedicate themselves to that one market he should not be doing anything else and one of the things that also learned recently is that that you should avoid the people who are selling in one market to sell in another market you should not do that you should probably hire a new team or one founder should completely focus with maybe one or two new inside sales guy in that complete market because you'll go through a lot of validation pivot understanding cultural insights things like that so that will be my initial uh, you know thoughts so if i have to go to a new market i'll dedicate myself to that market for 3 months 3 months to 6 months two quarters and spend there i would say excellent abhishek uh, thanks uh, you know very good thoughts and insights uh, in order to wrap it up uh, let me again hear it from you in term based on your experience based on your insights of go to market approach what would be your top two recommendations to people who are going to try this out uh, in terms of you know what has worked for you and also top one do not do this advice right so so yeah two these things which have worked very well for you and one learning which you would suggest that you know people learn from your experience and not repeat the same mistake right uh so i'll i'll, I'll talk about the first two things and i learned this from my one discussion with one of the great saas founder chris from chargebee 
and Chris says that uh, every couple of days in a week he he takes customer support calls and customer service calls, right? So I think the first uh, first feedback for GDM uh, for uh, anybody uh, or founders and things is that that uh, even if you're doing anything in the company, go and talk to customer and a prospect customer. So the founder should go on sales calls. He should review sales calls. He should review sales conversations. Or if he's in the operational side, go and listen to the customer success conversations, the QBRs, uh, those those grievance calls. Be closer to your customer in terms of users as well as your prospects, right? So and and don't don't have a second order information. Go directly, listen to your own ears and eyes, uh, and then you you be closer to your customer in terms of the conversation. So that will be my very very one critical input which I see. quite a few founders sandeep they they because of that need for delegating they also delegate them from the voice of the customer you should not do that mm-hmm. uh second is that be very very wary of the fact of building so we have a as engineers you know we want to build more i think also try to see how you could bundle and unbundle when you could do a go to market so for example uh i need not build what all salesforce has i probably need to have a very deeper two way integration with salesforce right so whenever you are doing go to market and from a product standpoint look at the ecosystem like a platform as a whole that where all are the complementary areas and elements to it where you could integrate and so the second suggestion uh, you know sandeep is that that uh, be wary of overbuilding and be more biased towards integrating right that and because integration also gives you go to market strategy and challenges and i'll give you a very quick example so we integrated with one of the leading open source video players because people wanted to do video counseling and video chat and things like that and that company is now opening go to market for us to their education customers because we offer a very very clear robust marketing and sales platform for them right so these two things close to the customer conversations especially the founders because they go away from that both on the sales and the operation side and second is that uh, be wary of overbuilding and be biased towards integrating ecosystem partners other competitors and things like that so these will be my two key things one thing that uh, uh, i would say don't do don't hire a vp of sales don't go and hire a 15 year old 20 year old domain expert in the market when you have not done any sales or few sales it's uh, i heard rajan anandan speaking about it and his 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 deck was titled that uh, are you ready to fire your fourth vp of sales don't do that so it's like please don't hire a big experienced sales force or workforce or a great marketer in the early days don't do that i can probably write on a white paper piece it will fail if you are a first time founder bringing a new innovation in the market that caveat being into it i think start slow uh, don't hire sales people until you don't have achieved your problem solution fit get to problem solution fit hire sales people don't hire marketing if you are closer to product market fit you are seeing demand and gen hire your guys and plug in because your messaging and positioning will contribute to building your marketing or marketing strategy to it so you know that will be my because it burns money uh, you are in the false set of dilemma and if you have hired somebody you are doing not doing that yourself <laughs> so you are not doing sales so i would say so that will be my study that don't hire guys and you know in early stage for sales don't do that excellent abhishek thanks uh, this was uh, so useful and it was such a pleasure talking to you today thanks yeah. for your time and uh, thank you
thank you thank you to ideas to impact and thank you to gdm dialogues i am privileged so you know i am also building as i'm learning making mistakes but i'm glad to share whatever i could thank you sandeep for this opportunity thanks thanks